Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter, the interceder on our behalf. We pray, Lord, that you would make us fruitful, that you would guide us into all truth. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, today is Pentecost, one of the three most important days of the Christian calendar, the most important days of the Christian year. Christmas, of course, was the day on which Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the day when God entered into the world in the flesh and was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, the God of the universe taking human form as a baby. Easter, of course, is the day on which Jesus rose from the dead after suffering and dying for our sins on the cross. And today, Pentecost is the day on which the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus was poured out on the disciples when they received power from on high as Jesus had promised. Today is when the Comforter, the Advocate, the Paraclete, to use a Greek word for the Holy Spirit, descended. When tongues of fire appeared above the disciples' heads, you know, that's why we're wearing red for, for fire of the Holy Spirit. When these tongues appeared and suddenly, miraculously, they were able to speak many different languages. They were able to communicate with Jews from all over the world who were visiting Jerusalem for Shavuot, the festival of weeks, the, the harvest festival. Pentecost is the day when the apostle Peter stood up in the very same city where Jesus had been crucified just a few weeks earlier, the same city where Peter, in his fear, had denied Jesus three times. He gets up and boldly proclaims Jesus to be the Son of God, Lord and Messiah. And after his preaching, 3,000 people come to believe come to put their faith in Jesus. 3,000 people are baptized as Christians on that day. And that's why today, Pentecost is, is often called the birthday of the church. It's the beginning of Christianity as we know it. That's also why we have uh, cupcakes today. If you come to the in-person service, we'll have cupcakes to celebrate this birthday of the church. But what does Pentecost mean for us today? What relevance does the coming of the Holy Spirit have for you and me? Well, there's a lot that could be said about that. If we look at today's readings, uh, you know, Peter quotes from prophet Joel, this Old Testament prophet who says that uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, that we will, will prophesy, that God's people will speak God's words, speak God's truth. Joel says that we will have visions and dream dreams. So don't be surprised if you have a prophetic dream or if God gives you a vision for how you might serve him and his people or if God places a call on your life. Don't be surprised. Or the Apostle Paul in Romans, here's what he says. He says that Pentecost means that God helps us in our weakness, that even when we don't know how 
or what to pray when we can't find the words that the Holy Spirit prays for us, intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Jesus himself in the Gospel of John says that Pentecost means that we are never alone, that Jesus' Spirit is with us always and everywhere, guiding us into all truth, speaking God's words to us, reminding us of God's amazing promises, always pulling us back and pointing us towards himself. Pentecost means that we have an advocate, someone who's always on our side, always fighting for us, praying for us, comforting us, transforming us. But there's another aspect of the, the Spirit-filled life, the life marked by the power of the Holy Spirit that I want to talk about today. And I bought, brought a prop with me. This is a mango from my backyard, from the backyard of the rectory. We have this tree full of the most amazing mangoes. And I may in fact bring a basket full this Sunday if I can figure out how to harvest them and one doesn't fall on my head. Because when these fall from the tree, they, they, they fall with, uh, with quite a crash. Now I brought this today because one of the most famous biblical passages about the Holy Spirit comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, when he writes that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a list of the fruit of the Spirit. And you know, so often Christians have read this as a to-do list. A few weeks ago, I talked about Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues, how the Ten Commandments weren't enough for Ben, so he had 13 virtues and he would concentrate on one of these every week in kind of a, a rotating cycle. He would keep a scorecard for himself of his, his failures and successes. But that's not what the fruit of the Spirit is. Notice that it's not fruits of the Spirit, but fruit. It's singular, not plural. And that's because the fruit of the Spirit is not a to-do list. It's a promise. It's not prescriptive, but rather descriptive. This passage doesn't tell us what to do, but rather describes the fruit born in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will become more loving and peaceful and patient and kind and, and generous through his power and not our own. Because here's the thing, a, a tree doesn't will itself to bear fruit. A tree can't make itself bear fruit through its own effort or choice. Rather, a tree bears fruit because it is well-planted, well-watered, it gets a lot of sun. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit roots us in Jesus, feeds us with Jesus's words and promises, sustains us with Jesus's living water, 
warms us in the light of his love and presence and power. You know, we actually have two mango trees in our yard. One is very fruitful and one is not. And is that because one tree is good and the other tree is bad? No, it's because of where and how they are planted. One is well planted, gets everything it needs to thrive, and one is not. It's in the shade, it's somewhat choked by other plants, it's not getting the food and the sun that it needs, so its fruit is very small. What Pentecost means is that we have all been well planted, planted in Jesus, and that we will be fruitful, we will bear fruit for God's kingdom. Now, I recognize that some of you may not be feeling very fruitful at this moment. Perhaps you're not feeling very loving or joyful or peaceful or patient or any of those other things that Paul mentions. And as I spoke about a few weeks ago, you may be in a season of pruning, a time when God is working on you a bit, conforming you to his image, to his vision of what you might be. Whenever I think of pruning, I think of that movie, The Karate Kid. You guys ever see The Karate Kid? When Mr. Miyagi gives Daniel a bonsai tree and Daniel begins to lovingly shape it, clipping branches in accordance with his, his vision for what this bonsai tree might become. And perhaps that's what God is doing in your life right now. He's pruning you a bit. And pruning can be painful. But what God promises is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will bring forth fruit in your life. He will accomplish his purposes in and through you. I'm reminded of what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi when he says, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. God is faithful. He has begun a good work in you and me, and he will bring it to completion. So when you think about Pentecost, which again, the original, you know, the Shavuot, the Jewish festival was a harvest festival, so this all kind of ties together. When you think about Pentecost, I want you to think about fruit. I want you to remember that the more rooted we are in Jesus, the more fruitful we will become. So today and always, let us feed on Jesus' promises. Let us drink in the living water that he offers. Let us bask in the warmth of his love, knowing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will bear fruit in our lives. Amen.